Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 95. Hey, this is Carrie Kasem, and if you want to blow up your networking, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, I'm sure you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about the importance of masterminds. I know I personally would not be anywhere near where I am today without spending tens of thousands of dollars investing into building relationships in a mastermind setting. So on that, I am opening up a second round of my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha in order to build relationships with some of you guys out there. If this is something that interests you, please head over to buildyournetwork.co slash alpha to submit an application and hop on the phone with me to chat about it. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Carrie Kasem. Carrie is a multimedia personality, producer, and writer, and has anchored music, talk, and entertainment programs for radio and television. 2017 marks her 20th year in the business. In February 2010, she joined Premier Radio Networks for the launch of Sixth Sense with Nikki Six and the Sideshow Countdown. In April of 2014, she left Sixth Sense to form the Kasem Cares Foundation, a nonprofit organization which has successfully passed bills in multiple states to stop elder abuse. 
abuse. Kasem founded the Kasem Cares Foundation to establish and fight for the rights to have visitation and reasonable access to an ailing parent, especially when under the care and control of an uncooperative spouse or sibling. The Kasem Cares Visitation Bill has been passed in 11 states so far, with nine other states adopting a version of the Kasem Cares Bill to make it a total of 20 states. She has made guest appearances on The View, Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, Entertainment Tonight, Extra, The Doctors, Pierce Morgan, Good Day LA, Fox and Friends, Greta Van Susteren, etc., etc. For more info, please visit www.carriecasem.com. Carrie, thank you so much for coming to the show today. Super, super excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and expound just a tad on that intro and then tell us what you're really excited about right now. That's a pretty good intro. You know, we have that I've now been on the Travis Chapel show. <laughs> yeah, there's a company that I created. I've been working on it for the last year that's not in the bio, and it's called Ageless and Healthy. Because everybody always asks me, how do you look the way you do at 45 years old? That's I'm, a good question. Yeah, constantly getting it. And women in Hollywood, I and mean, men too, lie about everything. They do not tell you what's really going on. When you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, even 30s, you go gray, you dye your hair. People don't lie about that. But they don't tell you about the lasers and the Botox and the filler and the help that goes into looking young. So, you know, it's geared towards women, but men can learn a lot. But it's about keeping yourself looking young and feeling good inside as well. So I talk about everything. I lay out everything I've ever done to my face, everything that's in my face, everything that's in my body to make me healthy so I look this good. And awesome. it's healthy, healthy. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Really cool, really cool. So that's the most recent venture then. And you, man, I heard you first talk at 10X Growth Con a couple months back. And man, there's so many things about your story that fascinated me. And one of them that really hit close to home for me because my wife's father recently passed away was the story of you coming up with the Case and Cares Foundation and what brought that all about and what it took to get some of that stuff done. Can you kind of give just like a brief rundown of that story, Carrie? Sure. And this is happening to a lot of people around the country. It's not just people that have famous last names or that have money. It's people taking advantage or being just cruel. It's when you take somebody, if they're sick, they're elderly, and you isolate them. And that's what happened to my dad. His wife decided when he got sick enough, he had Lewy body dementia and possibly Parkinson's disease. But when he got sick enough to not really, without help, be able to get out of bed or to walk around or to be able to drive himself, she cut him off from anyone who ever loved him. Me, my brother, my sister, his brother, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends, coworkers, completely isolated him in his house, fired his staff, got rid of the phones, and we couldn't get a hold of my dad. And we kind of had had a heads up because she did this to her own mother. So in 2007, when my father got diagnosed, we had him sign over a power of attorney over health, not estate, not money, over health. So we could see my dad again. My sister being a physician's assistant and in palliative care, end of life care, she helped my dad with everything, the medications, the doctors, everything. We were cut off from all that. So we had my dad sign a power of attorney. And when I called the police to say what was going on, they couldn't help me. When I called Adult Protective Services to say, look, we can't see my dad. We're really worried about him. They couldn't help. And when we went to court, and this is really summing it up in a very, this went on for a long time. When we went to court, I soon realized that there are no laws protecting adult children and their elderly or sick parents. None. 
When you turn 18, you have no rights to see your parents, zero in this country. Yeah, and the reason why is when you're in a residential home and there's a caretaker, be it another wife, I mean, a wife, a second wife, a husband, a second husband, another sibling, somebody who has a power of attorney or, or guardianship, whether it's a family member or not, if they don't want you in that house, you're not getting in. That's it. Nobody can help you because it's trespassing. So when the, and the, the rights of the sick or elderly, they don't care. It doesn't matter. There's a person there. They say, I'm the caretaker. I don't want them in the house. They can lie. They can say whatever they want about you. And there's nothing you can do. So as I'm fighting this in court and realizing that I'm going to have to fight over an entire guardianship or fight over an entire power of attorney for months, we don't know how sick my dad is. We don't know what's going on. And this is going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I said, okay, I'm going to try and change the law. So whatever comes first, if I win this case or if I change the law, I'm going to get to see my dad again. So I did that. I continued fighting. This is a very long story. I I cover it in about an hour when I talk all over the country about this epidemic of isolation over medication. And it's called isolate over medicate, steal the estate, cremate. So nobody knows what happens. And it's unfortunately, this was not just money and estate because she had everything. We had a trust and she did this out of spite and cruelty. And so I was told I'd never win the case by my own lawyers. I was told by my brother and sister, let's take this horrible deal of visitation once a month with an armed guard in the room. No cameras were allowed in, no computers. I said, my dad's not an inmate. I'm not signing this. I was told by everybody, you're going to lose your house. You're going to lose everything. And I didn't care. Take my house, take everything. I'll build it back again, but I'm not going to let my dad die this way. And without going into too much more detail, I won an impossible case after almost eight months. I won it. I won guardianship over my dad, but she, my stepmother kidnapped my dad and took him all around the country, three different states. And they ended up in Washington state. I had to go there and fight all over for my guardianship, which I had won to be heard and to be recognized in the state of Washington. And by that time, she had done so much abuse to him and his body and his frail state that there was no safe. He died two weeks later. And, you know, he died on Father's Day, which is very interesting. And at that point, I had been fighting for this law to change in California, fighting in court and fighting that, I mean, this was horrible elder abuse. I looked up June 15th, uh, about a month after my father died. And it was just, I mean, if there's not a message to say, keep going, keep being persistent, don't drop this, don't just you know, change the law in California, make it a, you know, go to all 50 states. I looked at the computer when I looked up June 15th, and it was the day that the UN, the United Nations, designated for World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. My dad died on Father's Day and World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. Wow. So that, yeah, I've made that my passion, my commitment to change the laws in this country for the elderly and for adult children. And that's, like you said, I know that you went into much more detail, and I'm sure that there's probably something online, Carrie, that if listeners want to hear a lot more about that story. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers 
Agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. If you go to caseomcares.org, you can find that. There's a GQ article that's pretty good. It tells, you know, kind of both sides of the story, but you can see, you can really see what went on there. So if you look at the GQ Casey Kasem family, you can see the article there. There's a, there's a lot that's been written about it and a lot that, unfortunately, there was a lot of lies told by my dad's wife and we've countered them all. That's why I won in court. Yeah. You know, everything she said was hearsay and BS. And so I said, well, here's the truth. This is what she's doing. I proved elder abuse. I won my case. So if you want to hear more about that story, definitely go check it out online. And I highly recommend doing that, by the way. It's a very, very, just an overall fantastic story, Carrie. And I, I really appreciate you talking a little bit about that. For those of you younger people out there, and I put myself in that category, okay, because I'm not going to lie to you, Carrie, when you said, like, I know the name Casey Kasem, right? Like, I know, like, oh, yeah, radio and all that stuff. And then you were like, for you young people out there, it's the voice of Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely me and probably a lot of people listening to this right now. So if you're listening yeah. and you've heard the name Casey Kasem, but you're not exactly sure where to put your finger, then uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. He did 350, over 315 cartoon voices. Wow. I mean, he's been on everything from the Transformers <laughs> to Josie and the Pussycats to Scooby-Doo, of course, for, you know, the longest running cartoon in history. I guess it goes up against the Simpsons, but they say it's longer. It's been running longer. But yeah, he's done, he did that and he created the American Top 40 Countdown, which, you know, Ryan Seacrest does. Uh, yep. He created that, you know, so he's done a lot with, he was a humanitarian. He was an activist. He was a vegan. He was, you know, he stood up for things at the time were you know, super unpopular. But, you know, there's pictures of me, you know, talking to the Senate, the state Senate, talking to legislators protesting and and speaking to crowds. And I went back and I looked at some of my dad's things and there's pictures that almost were almost identical, doing the same thing, holding the sign. So it, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, super cool. Well, Carrie, this is Build Your Network podcast where we talk a lot about how to network and how to build relationships and all that kind of stuff. And that was a fantastic story. The big thing that you talked about at 10X GrowthCon that really made me want to get you on my show specifically since it's about networking is the story that you told about getting a job at the UFC working with Dana White. Can you elaborate on that story for listeners? Of course. 
When I grew up, I did Kempo Karate for a little bit. I'm not a fighter. I did not enjoy it. My sister became a purple belt. My brother was great. I was not there. But I took a little bit of, you know, martial arts as a kid. And I remember, gosh, was this 2004, dating this guy who was so into MMA and so into the UFC. I had never seen a UFC fight. And he showed me a lot. And he's like, let's go to a fight. So we go to this fight. We're in the Mandalay Bay, where I spoke, which is crazy. And we're, we're there and we're about halfway up. And I'm watching the fight. And I think it was a big John McCarthy and there was the fighters and you know everything going on. But that was great. But I kept looking at the blonde, this gorgeous blonde that was doing all the interviews in the crowd and doing the post-fight interviews and just watching her. And I remember turning to the guy that I was with, the guy I was dating, and I said, you know, I could do a better job than in this role that they have. And he looks at me and he says, oh, yeah, right. Like... <laughs> Lisa Durgan's job, you know, get Lisa Durgan's job. And that just, it fueled every, it just, the fire went off in me. It's like, you know, that Bitmoji where there's like fire everywhere? That was me, you know? And the whole time that I was there, I kept thinking, how do I do this? How am I going to get that job? What am I going to do? And it was, it was, I got very excited because I was going to do everything I could to work for the UFC at that point. I knew it. So I get home, I figure out who I need to write and who I need to send my reel to and my resume. And it was a man named Dana White and Zufa Productions. So I did that. I wrote a letter. I, I put my reel in. I you know, put a resume in a nice cover letter and I sent it off. And meanwhile, I'm watching old UFC fights. I'm learning everything I can about MMA. I actually started to take jujitsu, not because I wanted to fight, but because I wanted to know the holds and, the, and be able to call things and be able to understand the fighting. And I didn't hear from him for a few months. I did it again. I wrote a letter, my reel, everything, sent it off. A few weeks go by, nothing. So I decided I was going to pick up the phone and call. <laughs> Lo and behold, I actually get Dana White on the phone. And I say, hey, it's Gary Kasem. I've sent you, you know, my reel, my resume. I'd love to work for you guys. And he says, oh, you know, I have it sitting here on my desk. I said, great. <laughs> Anything? <laughs> and you know, he said, we're not hired right now. But, you know, I'll take a look at it. And, and if we're looking to hire somebody, I'll let you know. And before Lisa Durgan, I think she was a playmate, was Carmen Electra. You know, I didn't have the, you know, I wasn't this tall, gorgeous, you know, blonde, <laughs> I wasn't Carmen Electra either. So I'm thinking, well, <laughs> I'm cute. <laughs> you know, I'm a great host. That's what I have. Above I'm a really good host. So I just said, well, what am I going to do now? I'm going to get myself in front of this Dana White. And I bought myself a ticket to the UFC, flew out to Vegas. And I heard about an after party everybody was going to. So I head there and I actually tapped the bouncer and I'm like, hey, I don't know what Dana White looks like. Um, <laughs> he is, you know, can you help me? And the guy said, absolutely. And I'll let you know when he walks in. A few minutes later, he taps and he's like, that's Dana White. I run over to him. Dana, Carrie Kasem. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to work for you. I'm not a stalker. <laughs> oh, man. He was really cool. He's like, look, you know, you're, I love your persistence. It's just, you know, we're not hiring. You want to come in for the party. And that was cool. So then I thought, okay, what next? What do I need to do next? And before I did my next action, I got a call from Dana. I said, hey, I'm going to be in Los Angeles with a couple of the fighters. We're going to do this morning news show. You want to come and hang out? okay, is there anything you need? Can I bring you anything? Whatever you need. He's like, no, just, just come out and, and meet us. So I did. I met them at this morning show and I walk in and the two biggest fighters in the world at that time are there. And especially the world of MMA, which was Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. You know, it's like, wow. 
wow. And at this point, I knew enough about MMA to really hold a conversation. Mm. And I held my own with these guys and with Dana. And I'm like, I'm in. This is awesome. And they invite me to dinner that night with it was it was Chuck and, and Randy and Dana and Joe Silva and Joe Rogan and a couple of the PR guys. And we have this great dinner and nothing. I don't hear anything. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I met Joe Silva, who's like Dana White's right hand man. I'm going to give him a call. We end up, I love this guy. He's the nicest man. And we end up talking for a while. And for some reason, he mentions that Dana White is addicted to black chapstick. Black chapstick. I'm really going, black chapstick. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Original, like black chapstick. The, the rapper is black. I'm like, oh. And for some reason, this creative like light bulb goes off. And I said, okay, I have got to send Dana White black chapstick. And not only did I send him some, I sent him a year's supply, maybe more. I mean, it was a huge box. And each container had like, you know, a hundred in them. And I just, I sent him this massive box of black chapstick, wrapped it up real nice, wrote another letter, shipped it off. And a few days later, he calls me back and he said, you know, I've never had anybody be so persistent, so creative and innovative. And he said, how would you like to host a DVD called Ultimate Knockouts? I wasn't going to use a host on it. But I'll give you a shot. You can see, we can see what you can do. And I said, great, I'll do it. I'm there when, and I do it. It actually ended up on Spike TV. And I did a few other ultimate knockouts for them. But a few months after that, he calls me up. He said, how would you like to host your first UFC fight? I did it. (laughs) Within less than a year, I had Lisa Durgan's job. You know, so F you, X. She called me and asked for tickets and wanted to meet the fighters. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Man, I just love so much about that story, Carrie. And that's why I wanted you to share that on the show. Because I think, like I was telling you a little bit before we hit the record button, I think persistence is so underrated nowadays. And I think that too many people give up so quickly on, they'll, they'll, it's so funny because you'll sit down with them and they'll be like, oh, this is my dream. This is what I want to happen. Like, this is what I would do anything for. And then somebody, he says no and it's like well i tried <laughs> and then it's like whoa, whoa, whoa i thought that this was like your thing like i thought that you wanted this like do you actually want this what's the deal here why do you think that so many people give up so quickly i always had a dad that told me i could do anything that you know and i had a dad who was persistent and who went against the norm and who fought for things like i said that were more popular at the time that protested that so i learned a lot from him and somebody tells you no it's just one wall you got to you know, when you're training for whatever it may be, some intense, you know, like tough mutter or the military, or whatever, there's a wall there, right? That's telling you no. If you just stop there and turn around and <laughs> you're not going to win the race, you're not going to get in the military. You're not going to, you know what I mean? You got to get over that first hurdle. That's your first no, yeah. right? So then you're going to have other hurdles that are going to look different, that are going to act different, that are going to be different. You just have to find a creative way to get around it, under it, above it, whatever. Just get through it. That's a no to me. It's a fun, like mental course that you just got to get through. It's a puzzle, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a puzzle and you got to figure it out. It's a game. It's a life game. You're going to hear no's. You're going to hear you can't. You're going to hear you don't look right. You're going to hear, so what? I don't consider that. Those are considerations of other people. That's not where I'm going. That's how I look at a no. When you were first talking with Dana White and you got multiple no's from him. This is something that I've been talking to people about recently, Carrie, because I come from a door-to-door sales background. So I talk to a lot of people. I hear no a lot. I hear a lot of, you know, F off and all that kind of stuff. And more recently though, by doing the podcast, I'm hearing no's from people that I actually respect. 
right? So like knocking a door like Joe Schmo tells me to F off, like I don't really care because who's that guy, right? But then I go up to somebody that I really respect and I'm like, hey, will you be on my show? And they're like, no, I don't have time. And it's like, ugh, that's like, it takes more of a toll, I guess you could say. Sure. So when you're talking to someone like Dana White and someone who you obviously you really respect and that you want to work with and you want him to respect you, how much different is hearing a no from somebody like that versus like a regular, you know, quote unquote, regular person? And then how did you handle that going forward? Oh, it just made it more fun and more challenging. I don't think of it as like, you know, somebody's a normal person, somebody's a big person, somebody's, it's like, now, now you have to just get more creative, Travis. You know what I mean? You've yeah. got to write a letter about why you respect them, why they should be on your show, what you guys can do for each other, whatever it takes. You just keep going after them. Be persistent. Be persistent. Keep going after them. They'll get on your show. Find somebody that you know that knows them. Hey, I want this guy on my show. What do we do? What can I do? How can you help me? Yeah. There's so many avenues, you know, and maybe it's just a little bit more time. Maybe you need to, you know, whatever it may be, like show them all the people that have been on. I want you on. You're going to get help people. And I know you want to help people, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, but that's a pitch you can give to people who are saying, no, you're too busy. Are you too busy to help people? Are you too busy to help my listeners that really need to hear your voice? You know, there's so many ways that you can go about things to get people to go, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Now you have to make it make sense for them. Too. Yeah, right. That's the big thing. And that's something I was talking to a guy on my show recently, Steve Sims. I don't know if you know who that is, but we're talking about creating win-win situations where you take somebody who might have a more, let's say, prestigious, quote unquote, stature, and you're making a win-win situation for them but and for you. Obviously, it's a win situation for you to get somebody like that to, to come on your show or whatever it may be. But it's also creating a situation where they're like, all right, you know what? I could see that this is actually going to benefit me as well because people like that have to guard their time. And I think people take it too seriously when someone says no to them and they take it like really offensively. Like, you know, how dare you say no to me? You're just a jerk. And it's like, no, they're not a jerk. It's just like that guy has so many demands on his time. You have no idea how many requests that guy gets and how many like emails that girl gets and you have no idea what their schedule looks like. You just have to figure out and that's why I love your creativity in that process because you need to figure out a creative way to bust down the back door instead of walking through the front door. And I love that so much. So I'm going to ask you this question, Carrie. This is something I ask everybody that comes on the show. I'm curious to hear your answer. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? I mean, what you know is very important. You know, it's what it's how you've gone through life. It's the information that you've collected. It's who you are, you know, and a part of who you are. I mean, you don't have to know a ton and be a great person. You can be kind, you can be loving, you can help and not know a whole lot. There are people like that in this world that just have this kindness going for them. But also what you know, you can share with others and help so many. Who you know can help you along that journey and help get your message out in a much broader fashion. But it's what you know, I think that is the most important. Absolutely. Who you know, great. You can know a bunch of people. You can know great people, you can know bad people, you can know famous people, you can know rich or poor people, but it's who you are and who you're affecting at that moment, I think. Hmm. So can you tell us a story specifically, Carrie, about a time in your life when a connection to somebody led to something else that 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 led to something really great for you? Oh gosh, I think that's most of my career. So <laughs> who I've called, who I've, you know, and then they, wow, I remember you called me and I'm going to, you know, so yeah, I mean, there are connections and it is, I think there's no way, no man is an island. So you're not, there's no way that unless you're isolated, like my dad was, there's no way you're not going to be able to meet people and to know people. So yeah, connections are a big part of it, but if you're not there, if you're not 
somebody who can actually do the job knows what they're doing. It doesn't matter how many people you know. Right. Right. You know? right. Especially when it comes to work and jobs. But I'll have to say that having the last name Kasem in radio was the biggest connection for me. Didn't get me a job, but got me in the door. Now you have, and for your younger listeners, you know, my dad was the most listened to voice in the world for a while. He was the most recognized voice in the entire world for many years. So when you have this name, like Kasem, it will get you in the door. But now you better be good. You better be twice as good and you better work twice as hard because they'll let you in and say, okay, let's see what you got. But no program director, no general manager of a radio station, let alone a syndicated program all over the country, all over the world, is going to give you that shot if you're not good. They're not going to take down their own career just to put up somebody with a famous last name. But the connection that with my father and to radio definitely got me in the door. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So the who brought the opportunity and the what allowed you to capitalize on that opportunity? Sure. I would say so. Speaking in networking terms and speaking in for work, you have to have both. You've got to know and you've got to have connections. You have to. I guess me looking at it from more philosophical and more of a point of view in life is like, well, it's not who you know. But yes, in work and with getting places, you do. you got to make great connections. You have to. Pulling all of this back, I know we've talked about a couple of different ways so far already, but if you had to boil it down to just one tip, like if somebody was just tuning into this episode and they're about to tune out in another minute and you had this one minute to give them one tip on how to become a better networker, how to build real genuine relationships better, what would that one tip be? Well, I'll tell you what resonated when I spoke at the 10X Growth Con and what everybody, I mean, my Lord, did I get so many people quoting me with this. The one thing I said that I've been living for about 18 years now is do the opposite of what fear tells you to do. So if you're afraid to make that call to somebody that you look up to or that you think might not take it or might deny you, don't. You're afraid to put yourself in, in front of somebody that could give you a job. Don't be afraid. Let it go. Who cares? The worst they can say is no, find another way. So anything that you're a little fearful of, it's funny, I I put this quote up on my Facebook and somebody said, what if, you know, fear tells me not to go near that grizzly bear. (laughs) (laughs) You always have that one person. (laughs) I just wrote back, one of my favorite films is Grizzly Man. Have you seen it? No. (laughs) I've lived with grizzly bears for 14 years because he had no fear. (laughs) He eventually got eaten in the end, but in 14 years, he actually lived with the grizzly bears. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So moral of the story, he don't had no fear, fear grizzly life. bears. Yeah, yeah. Until something that he did got him eaten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you always have that one person that's going to be like, well, what about this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so everything (laughs) moved along here, Carrie. Let's go ahead and move on to the last segment. This is called the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Oh, gosh, I would definitely do anything with surgeries, doctors, plastic surgery or fixing people or anything that deals with surgery. I do a lot of disaster relief work and I have an amazing group. They're called the Volunteer Ministers. And I go out. I've been to Haiti. I've been to Texas with the flooding in Mexico. I and I'm they just asked me to go to Papua New Guinea. But I when I was in Haiti, I was in a tent with these doctors that were doing amputations and C-sections and spine surgeries and everything. And I was helping that I was cleaning, I learned to clean equipment. And I was like helping with all that. So I've always had this fascination with surgery. 
If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Besides my dad, because I would just like to see him again. Because I'm in politics right now, because I'm in politics, I would go Lincoln or Jefferson, maybe George Washington. All great options. Yeah, and talk to them. Maybe go all the way back to to Jefferson and Washington and and have them write in some clause about the elderly and about (laughs) family. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of the problem at the root, right? Exactly. How do you like to consume content? Books, blogs, audiobooks, podcasts, or videos? Books. I'm a huge book. I, I read a lot. What is one of your most favorite books that you've read recently? Brain Brain, Dr. Perlmutter. Everybody should read it. It really talks about how to stop Alzheimer's, how to stop dementia. We're getting it younger and younger and younger, and it's all through diet. So it's the one thing that I've seen people just slack off on, but people are getting autoimmune diseases earlier and getting dementia earlier. So if you or your family member, somebody's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or a form of dementia, this can slow it down. Some people says it even stops it. There's another book by Dr. Dale Bredesen, The End of Alzheimer's. I do a lot of this because I work with the elderly a lot. So I read on it. And those are two books that are invaluable, can help, you know, people when you have dementia, are put on so much medication, which doesn't necessarily help them. In fact, there's a clinic in Northern California that gets them off the medication, puts them on heavy oils, coconut oils, does it through nutrition. And instead of like zombies drooling in a wheelchair, they're talking, they're speaking, and their memory is, you know, it's there. So there's, there's different ways of handling that. And these two books can really help you with you know, helping somebody who has Alzheimer's or if you've been diagnosed with that. And I'm sure your audience hasn't. It's probably pretty young. <laughs> but if you're <laughs> grandma or grandpa has. Those are books you definitely want to get. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Okay. Up at usually between six and seven every day. I have my treadmill. I like to have my coffee. I'll read a little bit of the news. I then get on my treadmill and I'll answer emails, maybe put up a couple social media things. Then I put my phone down. I run a little bit so I don't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, I get up. I usually have interviews. I have my radio show. My radio shows that I do have a law show here in California uh, called Garvey's Law. I do a syndicated mortgage financial show as well. I do a syndicated show called the uh, Red, Red Carpet Radio, and it's on about 300 stations, and that is all the biggest red carpet shows. And uh, when they ask me to do that, I do that. But I also have my podcast, The K-Pod, coming back. I have Ageless and Healthy, my company that I'm running. And then this is lobbying season. So last week, I was in four states in five days. So I have to go. And when I say lobbying, I'm an unpaid lobbyist. I'm a testifier. I go and I testify for the bill that we have in you know, state to state. And I talk to the Senate. I talk to the representatives or delegates from each state. And I ask them to get the bill passed because it's very important. I also talk to victims because we need those people to come and testify that it's happening in their state too. So, I mean, it's nonstop. I've already been, you know, like I've had conference calls this morning. I've had people that I've been talking to right after this. I have another conference call in with my editor because I'm editing. There's a documentary that I've been shooting for the last four and a half years. So it's, I mean, there's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Not busy. Oh no. It's not a good place. That's not a good place for me. I like to be busy all the time. (laughs) What is your go-to pump up song? Okay. So right now it's the greatest showman. I'm like listening to everything at that (laughs) soundtrack, but then I, everyone else. Yeah. I usually always finish like really running and like sprinting with Prodigy, Breathe. And I'll I, have to look it up. No. Oh, so good. The Prodigy and it's called Breathe. It's so, so good. It's just, I, I get so pumped. System of a Down. I like anything from Broadway to like metal. What are you not very good at? A lot of things. I mean, 
a lot. Jeez. <laughs> um, I'm not a good great studier. I'm getting better. I'm taking a class that, that actually teaches you how to relearn so you can study any material and get it. Hmm. It's the amazing, hardest class I've ever taken in my life because I'm not a good studier and I want to be better at it because yeah. I want to fly a plane. I want to get my helicopter license. I want to do that. And I took some lessons. It's very hard for me to sit and study. So I'm not good at study, but I'm getting better and I'm learning how to be better about that. There's a lot I'm not good at. Don't worry. We'll, we'll take the studying as your answer and then we'll get going. As we get everything wrapped up here, Carrie, what is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? Facebook and Instagram. And I, God, I really got into Instagram about a year ago. And so, I know it's late. I'm such, a, I was there, but I really wasn't using it for what it, you know, it has so many things and it's so much. I, I know. I didn't even realize this is so bad and I should not even be admitting this, but on Instagram, there's people that write you that are not your, I guess, part of your friends list. So you can like, and I had hundreds, hundreds of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, they turn into requests if you don't follow yeah, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I didn't know about that. I mean, it was horrible. So now I'm really getting into it, understanding it, loving it. I think Instagram is, I actually like it better than Facebook, but I've really accumulated. I have a private Facebook, but my public Facebook from all the radio I've done for the last, you know, since I mean, it's 20 years, but especially since social media came about the last 10, 15 years has been really like, I cannot believe how many people because of my shows have joined me on Facebook and they've been with me forever. From MySpace to Facebook, I've had people been probably don't even all the way back from MySpace, following you on Facebook. All right, great. So if you want to find more about Carrie, head over to MySpace. No, no, that's not, it's gone. I think my, my <laughs> MySpace has been taken down. It's a oh, horrible, man. oh my Lord, I can't even believe that. But no, no, you can find CarrieCasem.com. But really to get a hold of me and, and everything, you know, if you're going to comment on my Facebook, I'm going to like it and show you that I read it. Nobody else is doing it. I don't let anybody else talk for me. I don't let anybody else write for me. I get back to everybody. It might take a long time, especially if you message me. So if you comment or on Instagram, you comment, I'll get right back to you. Perfect. So there you go. If you want to actually engage with her, then comment on something that she posts on social media and she will like it and comment right back. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that you are insanely busy, like we just talked about. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.